Good evening. Welcome along to our show of Anyway Back to the Wrestling here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. My name is Ryan Gallagher, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. Ryan Wilson. How you doing, mate? I am grand. I'm glad to be here back on the A show yes. of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, the best show on the network. Exactly. So while we're on that, um, I'm just going to take a wee minute then to to uh, broach this subject because it's you know, it's come to my attention that following a victory in the ESSR Money in the Bank sweepstake, our current reigning ESSR champion has been making outlandish claims on our sister podcast, The Raw Report. I have therefore taken a leaf out of the book of Mr. Ross McLeod and Mr. Jack Graham and pre- prepared a short statement. On behalf of Ryan Squared, trademark, Mr. Ryan Patrick Gallagher and Mr. Ryan Wilson, we refute any claims that the Raw Report is the A-show on the Suplex Retweet Extra feed. While we agree that the Raw Report is a very, very high-quality show in terms of its output, we cannot sit back and be bullied into silence and allow these nonsensical, nonsensical claims to continue. Anyway, Back to the Wrestling is the most famous podcast in the world. Everyone may hate us, and yes, we do care a little bit, but that does not take away from the fact that we are the elite show in the podcasting community, the status quo cannot wait. Ah, oh, fuck, mate. Sorry, I'm reading the wrong one here. I'm reading the wrong fucking. I've, I've took this to a different website, Anna. Do you know what? That's an easy mistake to make. <laughs> That's... So I was. I thought it sounded familiar, but there's a lot of statements been flying around recently. It's it's quite easy to get mixed up, mate. I think I got it from like statementsdirect.com. Um, you get a big mug weight, I know, when you, aye, when, you take, when you take out the statement. So, so yeah, I just copy and pasted it. I <laughs> pretty much, right. So, um, anyway, that's a, that's pretty much a statement there. We we are the A show. We know we're the A show. They know that we are the A show. They can make these claims all they want, but at the end of the day, we are the A show. We are the best, and we are the champions, mate. So, all I'm going to say on that. I think we are the first ever ESSR tag team champions. They've got a wee wee stupid title belt that they use for their sweepstakes, but they don't have one through a podcast. And I'm announcing it right now. We're declaring ourselves the first ever tag team champions. And a fucking raw report want to come after us. Title match, next pay-per-view. Let's do it. Sounds good to me, mate. I can get behind that. But anyway, we'll get done with all these politics. The politicking can stop. And we can move on to the wrestling, as we do best. We are going to review a SmackDown. That was from last night, which was 15th of May. We're doing this on a Saturday again, mate. We're making this a habit. See, we actually do care. Aye. And it's, it's, a, bit, it's a lot easier now that we don't need to go sit in car parks. Aye, well, aye, now that we've got the whole um, the Skyping and the Zooming and the, the what do we call it, all the apps, they're all technical... Or, technologically sound, I can't even speak but let's, oh. let's skip over that the fact Sorry. is, you're ready to go I'm, I'm fucking good to go, I'm fired up tonight fired up, you're buzzing well anyway, Smackdown last night then it kicked off with an episode of Miz TV featuring the greatest tag team of, do you know what any century, Miz and Morrison kicking off with their guest who came out right away before they could even say anything the new Mr Money in the Bank our man Otis mate, he done it done it again oh that's right aye so we haven't spoke um last week we spoke we done it the night before yes. money in the bank so we haven't spoke about it yet um hi otis won money in the bank 
which I think took everybody apart from you surprised. Not me, mate. I seen you, it. I seen it coming. I, you you picked it. You predicted it. You called it. Um, I wanted it to happen, but I thought there's no fucking way they're going to do that because that's that's too good. Um, and then we had, in my opinion, the greatest Money in the Bank match of all time. Outstanding. Uh, so Asuka, Asuka wins uh, the women's. Um, Otis, of course, wins the men's. Van Corbin till, killed two cunts, and that's it. <laughs> what a night, mate! I, I was I said this in the group chat at the time because we all, every single one of us, actually stayed up to watch this. Um, this time, normally some people go to bed, but we all stayed up. We were all in the group chat, pissing ourselves laughing the whole way through it. And I actually said at one point, I went. I have not had the smile off my face since I started. Like just everything about it was and amazing. It was, and I remember when it it got announced, or not when it got announced, but when it it started. And I was just I looked at my watch, and I was kind of like, "There's still an hour left." And I thought to myself, "They are not giving this bullshit an hour. Mm-hmm. No fucking way are they giving this thing an hour." And I swear to God, I could have watched it for for three hours, man. I could have, <laughs> this could have kept on going all night. It was amazing, and do you know what the thing is? I've seen a lot of negativity online about it. Like, most people liked it, in fairness, but a lot of fucking boring bastards are just shitting on this, saying, oh, it wasn't funny, or, oh, it's taking the piss too much, or, oh, brother love, blah, 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 John Warnitis, blah, blah, blah. Fuck up. <laughs> right? Mate. It, was fu- it was funny. It was amazing. It was, and by the way, Otis, I'm glad he won, because he was the star of the show, man. Oh. Oh, it was so good. Him and in fairness, AJ Styles was incredible as well. But both of them are so funny. There was a point in the match where um Baron Corbin's caught up in the fake ropes and Daniel Bryan's giving them the yes kicks. <laughs> and Otis is just standing there going, Yeah, yeah. I was fucking dying, man. I was dying. It was great. <laughs> I was um I, it's a running thing on this show when I say that I try to watch the wrestling with Danielle and she's not interested in it, she doesn't like it. I said to her the next day when she woke me up. She's like, how was the wrestling? I was like, fucking amazing. I said, best thing that I've watched. And she's like, really? She's like, you never say that about the wrestling anymore. Like these days, you're always like heavy critical of it. Uh, I said, honestly, you need to watch it. I said, even though you don't like wrestling, you need to watch it. So she sat down and watched it and she actually was like, that was really good, by the way. <laughs> like, even somebody who doesn't like wrestling enjoyed watching it. Um, I was trying to explain to her all the bits about Otis as well. Um kind of over the last few weeks so she kind of got that as well and she just kept pushing herself every time he was like oh yeah <laughs> oh this is amazing and he's won I don't ever see him becoming world champion I just don't see it um, uh, I've seen online somebody said that he might cash it in on the tag champs Um, I don't know if that's a thing he can do it's never been done before but I guess that could happen um, I just don't think it's funny that he's got the the title uh, sorry the, the briefcase and I'm happy for him, and it'll be a good a good laugh. But do I see him actually beating Braun Strowman or Bray Wyatt for it? No, really. And I like can't even see him. I can't even see him doing like the kind of the heelish cash in either. But I can't see him. I can't picture him doing that. No, if that makes sense. I know. Um, that worries me a wee bit. There's two things they can do. They can. Or there's three things they can do. Actually, one they can just pull the trigger and just have him win it, right? Which I don't think they'll do. The second thing they can do is have him cash in on somebody else, like an IC champion, or a tag team champion, or fucking God forbid, even a 24-7 title. But he's too <laughs> stupid to realise that he can just win that anyway. 
I mean, in the day, some comedy bit where he just wastes it or something. Uh, or the third, the third thing you can do is they may just take it off him. They may have somebody challenge him to a match for the briefcase. And then somebody else become Mr. Money in the Bank. I like Dolph Ziggler or something ha- like that. That's kind of what I was thinking. Remember it happened we, when Mr. Kennedy won it. And then he, he got injured. And then Edge beat him in a match to take it off him. And, Aye. and then Edge, Edge became Mr. Money in the Bank, even though he was a, you know, it was now other match. So they might do something like that, but he's got it for a wee while, but then, I don't know, somebody like Dolph or something beats him in a one-on-one match and just becomes the new Mr. Money in the Bank. Um, I hope that Aye. doesn't happen, but that, that's another possibility. I mean, I do and I don't. That exact situation there, I mean, I could see it happening, and I, I probably wouldn't be totally against it, because, like we say, they're probably, if he does go for a title, he's going to lose. They're not going to put a bet on him. So would I rather he kind of lost it in a different way so he didn't have to go through that situation of being the kind of laughing stock again, which could probably damage his character a bit, a bit more on top of yeah. that? Another thing they might do is he could maybe win the title. Maybe he can cash in uh, one night or maybe the end of a pay-per-view, but then they'll probably just take it off the next night on SmackDown. Like, say he cashes in, for example, on Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. They'll probably do that, and then next night on SmackDown, the Fiend will come out and beat him. Aye, maybe yeah, something like that. Take the belt like back it. off, you know, or, or Goldberg, some fucking Saudi show, will come out and get his one title a year. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Aye. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll cash it in at a Saudi show, and then fucking Goldberg will just appear and challenge it at a match, and he'll be like, oh yeah, and then get speared. That sounds about right. That's exactly what's going on. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's spot on, doesn't it? Um, so I kicked off SmackDown this week with Miz TV. Otis came out. They they were basically slagging him off for for being the Mister Money in the Bank, saying that he shouldn't have it, etc. Um, he congratulated them on the, the biggest accomplishment of his career, which was winning over Mandy Rose, not the Money in the Bank. Um, in fairness, that's true. It is true. It's it's totally true. They done all the usual stuff. They mocked his weight. Miz lost his cool a wee bit. Um, yelled at him, called him a, an embarrassment. Um, then he wanted basically Tucker to come out for a match and stuff like that. But one thing I did like um, at one point was when Otis was talking about growing up. Did you watch this bit? I I noticed a picture of him, like pictures when he was a kid and pictures with his mum, and he said they had. Um... Wearing difficulties or something mm-hmm. like that. Is that the bit you're talking about? Aye, Aye. so he, he talked about growing up with a learning disability. You know, obviously it's probably quite relatable as well, which will make him a bit better, but like kind of with the fans and stuff. But it's weird that they, it's weird that we broach it. I, I found that a bit strange that they would even bring it up. I don't know why. I, I don't know if they're trying. I think they're just going for the full sympathy baby face here. Maybe yeah. a lot of people are saying like he shouldn't be champion and that, so maybe they're trying to make people feel guilty almost. So as if like you know, you can do anything, you know. This this guy had learned difficulties when he was a kid and now he's Mr. Money in the Bank on the, the cusp of being a world champion. You know, all that PS star shit. WWE mm. love to do all that that stuff. And they say it's for charity, but really it's just for good PR, so they look good as a company, as opposed yes. to actually being good, you know, but whatever. Um, so it could be all that shit, you know, and they'll use Otis on their campaigns for fucking anti-bullying and all that shit. One thing I, did, I, I picked up on this whole segment, 
I don't know how Otis is going to work as a singles guy. I'm still not fully behind him as a kind of singles competitor. I think he needs Tucker to kind of bounce off her, almost. Um, well, as, as we'll see later tonight, I had a tag match later tonight, um, and we'll no spoil it because it's oh, some surprise, so it is. Um, mm-hmm. But... Um, Okay, we'll just get into it a bit. Like basically, the end of the segment is Ms. Morrison say the challenge a match, but um, Tucker's not there, so Otis says right, I'll find somebody and we'll have a tag match. But Otis and a mystery opponent versus Ms. Morrison. This is the second week in a row that they've done the whole mystery opponent thing, and the second week in a row where the mystery opponent has been a obvious <laughs> and b not like a surprise at all. And Aye, they, not a shock. Why do it? Why? I don't. Under, I didn't understand it last week. I understand it even less this week. Why do the whole mystery opponent gimmick when nobody cares? Just say, just say it's Braun Strowman. We'll just tell people, and then just advertise it. Braun and Otis versus Ms. Morrison. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they go through the whole, the whole sort of thread of the show and the script. It's always trying to find people that will tag with him, and then he finds Braun, and Braun's sort of unsure, and he says, "I'll think about it," sort of thing. You know he's going to fucking do it. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> so why, why even? Is it just so they have those segments to fill time? But Bron Prob- think about it. Probably to be fair. Probably is. Doesn't make sense. So anyway, back to your point about him being a tag guy. Mm-hmm. I think that it worked well with Braun as well. The sort of Otis being the comedy guy and a sort of more straightforward guy to bounce off him. Um, and you're right, I don't, I don't know how it's going to work I'm being a singles guy in the long term well, it's alright, the now he's in a bit of form um, for lack of a better expression um, people are behind him, he's got the money in the bank things are going well but once he starts holding that briefcase for a while the act's going to get old if he doesn't fade uh, away I've noticed, I've, I've noticed in the last couple of weeks with him kind of having the Mandy stuff and being on his own he seems to be dropping this um I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. This kind of bullied type character. Like, it was almost as if people were taking a piss at him for being stupid. People, Miz was still taking a piss at him for being stupid, but he didn't look as if it was affecting him. For example, you know what I mean? Like, he was kind of just there retaliating to Miz, and Miz is basically saying, oh, you're fat. He's going, aye, aye, good one, aye, sounds. Like, it wasn't, a, it wasn't getting like all upset about it and stuff, which is kind of why you, you rooted for him before. So I don't yeah. know if they're trying to... Can I move away from that? Listen, you can call me a fat, ugly, smelly, lousy, stinking, horrible, juicy, fucking stinking, horrible bastard. I know you use some of those words twice, but you know what I'm trying to say? See if I was waiting up next to Mandy fucking Rose every morning, I'd be doing the same thing. I'd be like, right, right, send them mate. on, send on your insults, I don't give a fuck what you call me. Mate, mate, that's mate, what, mate, that's, mate. Oh, sorry. <laughs> mate, 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 I never yes. once in my life called you a juicy. Oh no, don't worry, I get called Jesse. Don't you <laughs> don't you worry. The, the DMs are open, that's what I'm saying. Um, Slide right I, in Jesse DMs. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is if I'm waiting up to Mandy Rose, call me and dating you want to me, I don't give a fuck. I know, but, but I think just, that's that, part, part that of the game. He's gained he... confidence. He's gained Aye. confidence because he's now got but... the girl. So the whole victim thing was a bit shy when he's just this wee mad. This wee fat guy has got named it, but now he's like on top of the world, he's money in the bank, he's got the fucking beautiful women. Why would you care about the fucking Miz said? 
Right, I don't know. I just thought it was that was kind of the charm from when it having the you kind of felt a wee not a wee bit sorry for him, but you're almost like oh, don't slag the guy whereas now he's not even rising to it and you're like right okay I can't even feel sorry for you because you're just like taking it upon yourself now <laughs> so I can't even be like angry at anybody now yeah this is the thing that's uh, this is where writing has to be really important it's not just wrestling this is the same with TV shows and movies and all that you want the main character whoever it is your good guy of the film for example to be something that you you're out for you want them to win for whatever reason because you feel bad for them and you want them to get the bad guy at the end because bad guys are cunt. <laughs> you need to get them, do you know what I mean? But once the good guy wins and the bad guy's been defeated, sort of thing, in this case, Dolph Ziggler, you know, or whatever, you're kind of like, right, what now? The good, the good guy's won. Like, I don't no longer need to root for him because he's already done everything he said he's going to do. So, Aye. what they need to do is they really need to build a character. A villain for him that he needs to work up against a great heel, um, and he's not actually in a rivalry right now. He, like Mandy and Sonya are still doing a thing, and we'll get to that later. But he's not really fighting Dolph anymore. I mean, it is, but that rivalry I think sort of died when he beat uh, him at WrestleMania. It's it's almost it feels like, and we'll get in there later on as well. It feels like it's going to be one of these ones where it's like a slight rivalry for a few weeks now. And then it's just going to fizzle it, and you're going to forget about it completely. Aye, he needs a, he needs somebody to go up against that's quite threatening and quite uh, just a pure arsehole to go up against. And I can't even think of who's who's good enough for that position right now. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't suit Bray Wyatt the Fiend because he's not really an arsehole. He's more like a creepy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it would suit maybe the Miz, but the Miz is not a tag team right now, so that's no work either. But see, like the Miz when he was a singles guy. And he was like, having his prop when he was like quite serious, and he was an Intercontinental Champion. And he was cutting his great promos against Daniel Bryan and that. And mm-hmm. somebody like, needs somebody like that. Do you know who it needs? It needs like somebody like Paul Heyman. I know Otis and Brock when they work, right? But see, like Paul Heyman on the mic just fucking tearing Otis apart. That would make me feel bad for him. Aye, I suppose. I don't know. I, 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 I can't hang anybody. Um, but he needs something. Maybe AJ Styles. I, I think say... I, no. I think he has to be back in a tag team. I think if we're going to be honest about it, he has to be back in a tag team, and he has to work work his rivalries round a tag team. Like he can have a rivalry with him is, but have it in a kind of tag team way. But he's kind of bouncing off of somebody as well. So he's got Tucker by his side. Um, Miz has got Morrison. And they'll kind of have a week kind of back and forth, and they might have like a singles match, and then a couple of singles matches with like other folk in the teams in that like kind of tag team match, you know, and build that for a few weeks. Aye. But we'll see. Time will tell. Because, like, we've all, all we've got now is time, and it's mm-hmm. time that he's going to be on his own. So it's one of those Vince McMahon tests. It feels like it's just like, right, we've gave you this push, we've given you the money in my briefcase, we've given you Mandy Rose as your manager slash girlfriend. So you've got all the like everything that we can do. So mm-hmm. you just need to go out there and prove that you can have class matches and good rivalries. Um so it's it's a big time in his career. Hey. So up next then we've got oh fucking hell. We've got Elias against Baron Corbin and I'm an Intercontinental Championship qualifying match. I, I I don't know what to say about this, mate. Like 
I don't care. We've said this before, and I don't think it's anything against either of them. It's not even anything against the match. I just don't care. The worst thing that ever happened to Elias was becoming the face. Mm-hmm. Because Elias was only good for making fun of the crowd, getting all the heat, and being a general arsehole. His matches have never been good, and he is completely unusable in an empty arena. He's only good at like making fun of the crowd or the local sports team or whatever it is. So now that he's not got that, all you have to do is just wrestle. And then you realise he's a fucking bang average wrestler. And it's fair, Aye, enough, if and I... fair enough if he's an average wrestler, right? Put him in there with Daniel Bryan or somebody who's amazing that can pick his game up. But see, when you put him up against Baron Corbin, who's also a bang average wrestler, you've yeah. got this match, which is bang average, shite match. Nobody cares about it. He's my funny back. I don't want to see this. I'm turning the telly off and going to bed. Like I didn't watch this live. I watched this tonight, thankfully. But see if I stayed up to one o'clock in the morning to watch this and this match came on, this would have been the exact point that I'd went to bed because I thought, fuck these two. I don't want to see it. Uh, you know, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't the worst match. And like it's you say, it's too, because it was short. Aye, but it was like two. Like you say, two bang average wrestlers, and it's not. That's not a criticism. They're not. You put these two up against each other and you compare it to a match we got on later on in the night with Daniel Bryan against Drew Gulak, it's night and day. So they're not anywhere near that level. I think the two of them worked well in the match. I don't think the match was bad. I think it was an okay match. It was a bit boring, like you say. I could I watched it tonight, start to finish. But I didn't watch it when I stayed up till one in the morning. I went and done other things um, at night time and then came back. I bet you did, mate. Yeah, fucking right, didn't I? Oh, Danny, you up for a quickie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I actually, do you know what I've done? I was actually, I was steaming last night. I was Are absolutely they? steaming. I, I, I thought, I went, we'll up for a quickie. Mate, I went to... I've got five minutes plus commercial, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> need to go home. I and I only need to. Um, no, I went to the shop on Thursday and I thought, I'm, I'm at the shop, I'm going to grab my beers for Saturday for the return of German football. Dortmund v Schalke is on at half past two. I thought, I'll get my beers because I'm at the shop. I can put them in the, the fridge nice and chilled for Saturday afternoon. I lasted till Friday night, mate, and I fucking spanked the four of them. <laughs> but it wasn't even just four beers. It was the four big beers, like the big 660s. Aye, I aye, get them, of course. Big, big ones, Peroni, and I absolutely scalped them. And I was on a a quiz, a Zoom chat quiz with the boys, and I was steaming because <laughs> I hadn't eaten dinner either. <laughs> but that's what you do in lockdown. Like you always all track your time and days. So like, just get steaming all the time. Why not? And do you know what? Yeah. I would rather get steaming and watch Baron Corbin versus Elias. Aye, um, I think I might get another beer at this point. Aye, I've got nothing to say about this match that you've already said. Um, it was short, I'll give it that. It was fine, like, it wasn't technically bad. I just didn't care about so, either so of these people. Basically, what happened at the end was, it was, a, it was an okay match. At the end, Corbin picks up the guitar and smashes it against the, the ring post while Canal Elias is lying on the, the mat looking at him. That obviously enrages Elias. It's somebody smashed up his guitar, as it would. Guitars are fucking expensive. And if anybody's going to be smashing it, it's the guy who owns the guitar. That's beside the point. He smashes the guitar, and Elias looks a bit raging. He gets back in the ring, Corbin, and he basically does, does that kind of knee 
I don't even know what he's, if that's his finisher or no. He just has the big high knee in the face. Corbin bounces back off the ropes, rolls him up, pin, three, done. One thing I would say about that, I, I think the this rivalry has been one of these kind of slow-burning rivalries for for a few weeks um, with a kind of injury and stuff like that that may or may not have happened. The Money in the Bank interference and stuff, now they've got each other in this qualifying match. Elias picks up the win. It's probably a kind of good chapter in the rivalry, if that makes sense. Like it's going by this rivalry, although we're not bothered about it, it was probably a good kind of a kind of good segment within that rivalry that's going to then maybe push it on for well, Span Corbin another fucking four years, no doubt. I Ban Corbin tends to have these long drawn out rivalries that last about seventeen pay per views. Um, I am sure we've not seen the last of Aaron Corbin versus Elias. I'm sure that every single one of them will be as bland as this one. Um, okay, it's fine. It's good if you want me to go and get a beer at the fridge or go for a fish. Um, yep. But it's just not for me. I just don't care. Either of these cunts come on my screen. I just, I'm done now. Like Corbin, has a wee tiny shred of hope that if he changes his gimmick a wee bit and just does something a bit different, he might be interesting. Elias... As long as there's empty arenas, I don't want to see Elias. Um, I only want to see him as a, a crowd, and I only want to see him being a heel and being an arsehole. He doesn't Do you know what I will say? Do you know the one positive Baron Corbin story that I've got this week? What's that? Is it Ross and Jack need to review the cunt on Monday night? Because <laughs> he's, oh. he's going to Raw to face through. <laughs> yes, 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 which... It's shaped for many reasons, not not least of all. We get more Baron Corbin on TV, which is never a good thing. Um, yeah. And he's facing Drew. So you know, you know he's not going to win this match. And it's dead weird that he's he's going to have to face Drew on Monday, coming off a loss to Elias. doesn't make any sense. You'd think that Baron Corbin would have won this match, so he looked strong to face the world champion. That's a good he's, point. He's just been beat by Elias on SmackDown, so how the fuck is that a threat to face Drew? No <laughs> thought that's true, mate. They've no thought it through at all. No, they've no They're going for the the student turns teacher thing, aren't they? When Drew was following Corbin for a while, and then that then turned as well. Um, oh, one, aye. So they was. Oh, I remember they were on the wee team. Uh, oh, one, th- one thing I would pick up on and this was really strange, was that, and this is a Raw thing, so this was probably dealt with, but we'll, we'll breach it anyway. Look, mate, we can talk about Raw better than anybody can talk about Raw. Exactly, mate. We can talk about anything better than anybody can. So, Fucking right. So, anyway, Drew, last week on Raw, announced that there was going to be a brand invitation that goes across, and he said that he was inviting Baron Corbin there Next week for a match, blah, blah, blah. I thought, okay, fair enough, that's what you want to do. But then, 10 minutes later, the the backstage interviewer woman, she said, my guest at this time, Ken Corbin. And Ken Corbin walks in. I'm like, wait, so you're fucking at Raw just now? I know. I know. Like, so why not just face him tonight? Aye. Is it a one-night invitation? Or is it like a, a rolling invitation? Because that's you fucking used up your invite, mate. Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. We'll get to this later on, because I was a bit too on a rant on it. In fact, as I was writing my notes down for the show tonight, I thought, I might just go on a rant about this fucking invitational rule. 
the brand to brand invitational as it's called um four times a year apparently okay <laughs> fucking counting them mate um <laughs> four times a year um a superstar from another brand can go to a different brand which is basically another way of saying the wild card goes back yes everybody fucking loved that the first time um totally negates the point of having separate brands. Um, this was highlighted later in the night. We'll get to it, but the whole Charlotte segment, no, it was a bad segment, but is it just going to be anybody can show up anywhere now? Like, I get they're all in the performance centre, so they're all in the one place anyway. I get that the roster's thin right now because, obviously, coronavirus, so there's probably only a certain number of people they've got. But, Come on, the fuck! I don't want. I don't want to see Baron Corbin. I don't even want to see him on SmackDown. They've made fucking raw. I don't uh, want to see. I don't want to see people on different shows. The whole point of having separate shows is because you can only see them there. It makes it special. No, I only want to see, um, you know, Adam Cole in NXT. I only want to see um Drew on Raw at the moment. I only want to see Otis on SmackDown. Do you know what I mean? Like because it makes it feel special. If you see them all the time. Then you don't give a fuck. There's no point no. watching. Um, and I only want to see, you know, Velveteen Dream in the jail. <laughs> he never done it. It wasn't him. Are you sure, mate? Uh, yes, it was a hack. But we're not got on it. We're not got on it because this is the it's type of show. To me. This is the else. this is the type of show that we don't talk about situations like that. Okay, we'll leave that to the raw report, mate. Um, up next, we've got um, a couple of segments. Sandwiched around the the hacker thing. So first up, we got Otis basically looking for a partner. So he asked Seamus to begin with. Seamus says no. Um, after that, Mandy basically says to him, "Why don't you ask Braun Strowman to be your your partner?" And he's like, "Oh yeah." And he walks away. And he comes back, gives her a kiss, walks away again. So we all know that it's going to be Braun Strowman, right? So we've already broached that anyway, so there's no shocks left in this. Um, we get a hacker thing again in between this, and that's the second week in a row they've put the hacker segment on where it doesn't actually relate to anything that's on the screen. Remember, it, it used to happen during certain matches and stuff. It'd pop Aye, up. But but... I think this has happened before with Mandy. Aye, but... No, I don't think it's two weeks in a row, but I'm sure there was another segment, maybe a couple of weeks ago, that it was Mandy. Um, it might have been three times it's happened to her, so I don't know if it's getting to do with her. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Who do you think the hacker is? Like, I know this is a, a big thing that everybody's been talking about. And people have been throwing out crazy theories, but just give, give us a name. Who you think it is, genuinely. Not like a, a pure stupid thing like Goldberg or something. Or no, I, I, I think we've, we've said before, I think it's going to be Ali. Aye. It's either Ali or Chad Gable. Hmm. And I... I, either one of the, either one of them is going to be a disappointment. Maybe well, Bobby Roode. Aye, because that involves Ziggler. Aye, maybe. maybe but again, be... I can't picture him being a hacker. Like, wait, did Roode not get released? No. No, uh, I'm not, I don't. I don't think so. I picked up, bro. I'm just guessing I mean, that. You just assume that he has because, like, there are people they did release. Um. Well, I think he got injured. I know he, you know, failed his wellness policy test. Mm-hmm. And who would have thunk it looking at his fucking body? Um, but, um, <laughs> I, what do you mean? What do you mean, Robert Rude takes 
<laughs> oh, that's a new t-shirt, mate. Robert Rude takes gear. That's <laughs> how I have to shave his moustache off because it was all white. Aye, I'm, uh, I'm buying that. I'm buying that t-shirt. Robert Rude takes gear. Interesting fact, Bobby Rude was trained by Val Venus. Who the fuck's Val Venus training people for? <laughs> I know. And how come they're turning it all right? I know. Well, Val Venus was fine in the ring. He's just a terrible gimmick. No. Um, and he gets Bobby cut off. Remember that? Yes. Um, oh, we've still not watched. Talk, we're going off topic here, but remember we were going to watch Kennel for Hell? Al Snow versus Big Boss Man in the cage Boss. with the dugs. Aye, that was before. Was that before the Rumble? We were going to watch that. Aye, and then. And so it's been since before January. Yeah. And it's now May. That's not happening, mate. Fuck that. I may still watch it, though. That's quite interesting. Kennel and Kennel so That'll be good. Kennel from um, Hell. Sorry, Kennel from Hell. What did I say? Kennel, Kennel the Cell. <laughs> I fucking don't know. Something to do with dogs, mate. Shagging aye. dogs. Um, so, aye, so that's who's probably going to be the hacker. It's, it's likely going to be somebody really fucking disappointing. I, I think I said this before on a previous episode that I, I want it to be somebody really good, like a big name. Like I've seen people saying on, on Twitter saying it was like CM Punk. Now, obviously, it's not CM Punk, but could you imagine it was somebody of that calibre? Like, something that was properly shocking. Like, that would be amazing. But you just know aye. it's not going to be. It's going to be disappointing. Aye, it's going to be. Aye, it's going to be some McCarter that's had to... It's had, like, a, a, a makeover. Um, it could even be something that's released that they're bringing back. It could be, like, Drake Maverick or something. Like He's not been released. Technically, mm. he's got a whole thing in NXT going on, but you know what I mean? Like, it could be something like that, or it could be Zack Ryder. Maybe they've released him, but they've not actually released him, sort of thing, and it's all a big fucking work or some stupid like that. Nah, he's got, he's got merch now on that other. Oh, I know. I don't think I, so. I don't actually think it will be him, but you know, somebody like that, maybe. Um, I'm hoping it's fucking somebody like, um, like Fandango, and they just bring him back. Because just kill that fucking dancer gimmick all together and just bring back his Johnny Curtis. But a dancer vibe was class. For a while. Like, it's been, it's been fucking 10 years since that was. You ended. fucking shut your mouth. Okay. Remember, I got to the, I got in the charts. I, 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 I bought charts. it. I own it. I, I bought it at iTunes for like 79p or something. Yeah, I saw that. It's class. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Um. Anyway, back to this and enough about Fandango getting top 10 singles. Um, aye, so we've got the hacker and then after that you basically just got Otis approaching Strowman. Strowman basically saying to him, you're not going to try and trick me, are you? And uh, and kind of getting to the ring and cashing it in and stuff like that and he basically said no and he's like, right, okay, I'll think about it. And that was the end of that. Like, we all know what's going to happen with that one. Um, after that, we got another match. We got our favourite Naomi up against our bigger favourite, Dana Brooke. Um, oh, Jesus. Okay, okay. <laughs> Do you want to take this on or me to take it? I, I don't really need to say very much about it. Um, the match itself was pretty quick. Um, they were. They, it kind of looked like it was going to be a kind of decent match to begin with. And then it Did just... it? Was I, it you too? Said me, mate. It looked like it was going to be all right. It was a... <laughs> It was a quick sit-down cover for Dana Brooke. Um, Naomi, that's a couple of times now she's been beaten by her. It looks like she's going through like a, a wee slump that they're going to need to address. Um, this might be 
Well, it is going to be like sort of long term story. I think maybe no, no, maybe on some <clears throat> some sort of losing streak, and she has to like change her character. So I don't know if maybe she'll turn heel or something, mm-hmm. get a wee bit of a fucking edge going, a wee bit of a an nasty streak, which may help her. Um, or hopefully they don't do this, but they could do something stupid like they'll just throw them in a tag team together. If I can't beat you, I'll join you kind of thing. Similar to what they've done with Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan, where they sort of put them together. Um, I hope that doesn't happen. I don't want to see fucking Dana Brooke come out with the fucking ghost sticks and all that. Um, I can I'm... definitely see it turning Naomi heel. I think that's that's a guarantee because she she looked raging at the end of it as well when she got beat. Um, and Dana Brooke good stayed. to see. Sorry, to interrupt you. There. I'm just about to say, it'd be good to see her becoming heel. And then, like, her just going with the Usos and, like, the three of them becoming sort of like a heel faction. And she sort mm-hmm. of has like, the Uso gimmick where she's just, like, comes out wearing the hoodies and shit and has me of that sort of, I can't think of a good word to say, but more of a, like, fucking thug vibe Shh. about her, where she's just battering cunts. That was the whitest thing you've ever said. <laughs> Do you know what? I really tried hard to notice it and, like, <laughs> that we come off as racist. It's more like. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most Larry David thing I've ever seen in my life, but you get you get the point I'm trying to make. Like if she nah, just nah. fucking drops the gimmick because like I her gimmick works in the crowd, the fucking the tune comes out or the go or the light up stuff is great when you're you've got like twenty thousand people and a bunch of wains that love it. And me for that matter, fucking dancing yeah. my wee arse off, right? I, I just I, I just um but I must say man it's it doesn't really work in an empty arena, so this is the opportunity where there's no crowd to experiment with people's gimmicks and stuff. Turn their heel for a while, have a go with the Usos or something like that, and change up a wee bit. And do you know what, if it doesn't work, just have her back being the go bitch. Yeah, <laughs> and by the time, by the time, um, you know, crowds are back on that, I seen an article today, I never actually read it, but I skimmed through it. I seen that Vince McMahon is apparently determined. That was the word determined to have a crowd back by a summer sun. And it's like, mate, it's not up to you. Look at how determined you are. If it's the fucking law, it's the law. To be fair, it is up to him. The fucking guy's already managed to change the laws in Florida. But I don't, I, I, I don't believe for a second that it wasn't him that pushed for that. Oh, no, it was. It was well, him and Linda. Because Linda's in uh, that guy's cabinet, I know they're both Republicans and mm. they're all politicians, isn't it? I mean, and he's pals with Trump, you know. I mean, he's probably been on the phone with fucking Donald Trump. Hey, pal, do me a favor. And Donald Trump's been like, yeah, okay, me, 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 me. Um, that's my Donald, Donald Trump impression. I'm a Vince impression. Two impressions. Was there, mate. Ah, thank that's, you. That's, that's it, of... it was actually, it was weird to be fair because I actually thought that somehow you had left the chat and Trump and Vince McMahon had actually joined the chat as well. What can I say? I've got connections. Um, so I, uh, theatre of the mind is what they call that. <laughs> so uh, either way, um, Vince has some pals in some high places. So it could be that there is a crowd by SummerSlam. Um, although I wouldn't have my breath. Although I'm surprised there's not a crowd already. I'm surprised there's not a crowd already back because they've, they've opened it up for, for kind of small gatherings. So I'm surprised if not got a bunch of them fucking see them NXT plant folk that they've always got at every NXT show. I'm surprised Aye. they've not like a, just a few of them in the background, kind of hard cam for you to see. I think we'll start doing that soon. Um, I'd seen that um, 
AEW had a crowd. Did you see that this week's um, Dynamite episode? No, I've not watched it yet. Anyway, I don't, I've not watched it yet either, but I've seen a clip on YouTube. It was uh, uh, John Moxley coming down to the ring in a battering um, uh, Brody Lee. Um, and he see the Dark Order stole his belt. So he was coming through the crowds to take it back at them, basically. But as he runs by, there's like a small group like 20 or 30 people that I've seen like, all sort of standing about cheering. I was just like, hold on, who the fuck are they? Alright. Um, again, I haven't seen the show, so I don't know the context of it. Uh, um, neither really. Get out and see. It was only one of those wee, you know, two minute highlight videos on YouTube, but mostly definitely ran through a crowd of people that I've seen. I don't know if it's plants or it wasn't how the wrestlers not looked like, just normal people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's maybe the family and friends of the wrestlers. Who knows? But, um, a bit weird. But it looks like um, we're going to see a live crowd soon. If it's SummerSlam, then fair enough. And if it is SummerSlam, you know they're going to go all out with SummerSlam and make it WrestleMania because basically we never had WrestleMania this year. Like we did, but we didn't. Um, so the first show or the first pay per view be a live crowd is going to be treated like WrestleMania. Aye. It's going to be 16 years long. It's going to have <laughs> fucking Undertaker, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, fucking, they'll get the rock back, do you know what I mean? They'll get every cut they can afford. Um, they'll go all out, I think, and make it a big, massive show. Uh, probably still be shit. <laughs> probably, mate. Uh, it's going to be disappointing regardless. Um, so, aye, so Dana Brooke picks up the win. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, up next then, you get Charlotte Flair returning. She came out and basically cut a promo on why she is fucking amazing. See, one thing I'll say, Charlotte kind of annoys me, right? But I can't I disagree with anything she says. Like, she cuts an amazing promo on her. Like, she's always fucking amazing to watch. I no, I, I love Charlotte. I love her especially now because she knows how much people hate her. Because I feel like on Twitter and stuff, there's a lot of people that are really, really, really against Charlotte. Oh, she's pushed too much, she's on TV too much, Vince loves her, she's only where she is because she's Ric Flair's daughter, blah, blah, blah. She hears all that shit all the time and she uses it in her promos mm-hmm. and she knows exactly what she's doing. So even the first line when she came out and she cut this promo, the first thing is she said was, um, uh, everybody wants to see more Charlotte Flair, <laughs> which is a, a, a direct fucking jab at the people that say that she gets too much time already. Um... We hang we missed it though before this promo Charlotte came out and um, they done a recap of the Becky Lynch story. Um Aye. like a quick promo about you know Becky announcing that she was pregnant and giving the title to Asuka and all that sort of thing. Um and it was really fucking good, man. WWE are so good. Always I've been doing these video packages um of all these people. So they started off like the very start of Becky's career at NXT when she was doing the, the Irish jig and all that down in the ring. Um and then sort of becoming the the champion, like the the SmackDown champion during the sort of steampunk phase, and then obviously become the man in main event WrestleMania and our whole sort of journey. And then win the title. It was really, really well done. And then I thought it was a really good move and maybe I'm just um talking shit and maybe it's just a coincidence, but it was a really good move to get a wee extra bit of heat on Charlotte where the hot heart came out right after that. So this big heartfelt video package with Becky Lynch and then all you hear is Charlotte's music. <laughs> <laughs> and then but, she comes out to cut a promo and I thought, 
as they've done that on purpose because cunts fucking hate Charlotte. So they put uh, her out right after the Becky thing. But she was really good in this. She basically she cut a promo on how she was the best and the greatest of all time and all that kind of shit. And then out comes Bailey and Sasha Banks. By the way, for the record, I was watching this one with, with Danielle. She's seen Bailey come out. Sorry, I think I know what you're going to say, but please continue. No, I was just going to say that she's seen Bailey coming out and she was like, is anybody going to tell that Bailey's haircut makes her look 60 years old? She looks like a pure old woman. <laughs> I was like, aye, okay. <laughs> she, she looks like she plays bingo, doesn't she? Aye, it's, it's horrendous. It's, it's properly aged her, man. I, I kind of like it. I kind of like that she's always changed up a wee bit, like, I'm not, I'm okay with it because she's a heel, so you're not really supposed to like the way she looks. Mm. Um, I will say this, and I'm just going to preface this <laughs> by saying by saying something quickly. If you're going to be offended, if you're going to be a snowflake or whatever, don't listen to this next part. <laughs> right. Okay. I don't know if it's because I'm in a lockdown here, right? I don't know why, but the last two weeks of watching SmackDown, I have been, um, what's the word, gobsmacked, flabbergasted, um, absolutely blown away by Sasha Banks' outfit choices. Um, Is there anybody in wrestling right now, anybody in any promotion anywhere, who's better dressed than Sasha Banks? I know what you're going to say, that's not what it's about. It's not about how women look, it's about how they perform, blah, blah, blah. I understand that, but that's not to say that I can't appreciate when somebody looks fucking tremendous. Aye, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with, nothing wrong with admitting that. When you say, is there anybody better dressed in wrestling just now, I would just throw a name at you, Scarlet Bordeaux. Okay, I'll accept that. <laughs> that's a fair, fair assessment. I'd like to see. Um, okay. Aye, but just um, just, just to, be, to, oh, to be fair, our, our outfits have been fucking outstanding for the last two weeks. Mate, come on, so, fuck. And that's not fuck. You, you're allowed. You're allowed to. You're allowed to say that as well. There's nothing I, wrong with that. Way, just, just I'm not being like a creep. I'm not being like, oh, she looks fucking dirty, mate. Do you know what I mean? But I just mean like she looks cool as fuck. She looks like the boss character. Let's see the boss. She was in NXT where she came out like. With the fucking bling bling, look at how fucking white I sound now. Um, she comes out with all the bling bling and all the fucking, you know, on the boss or the jewelry, all that shit. Um, all that rapper and, music. Aye, all that, all that rapping music um, and all that shit. Like, I think the last couple of weeks, not the last couple of weeks, but um, like ever since the sort of empty arenas when she's been doing her sort of thing with Bailey, she's been looking good, obviously. Like, she's attractive, but like, she's been looking mere. I don't know how to describe it. She's been looking more like confident or more like old school Charlotte. Uh, sorry, old school Sasha. Um, I don't know if that's intentional. I don't know if that they're jeering towards her turning heel, her face, should I say, and turning on Bailey by sort of making her almost upstager. Because right, obviously Bailey's a champion. She's got the belt. Charlotte's sort of standing in her shadow. Bailey will not let Charlotte speak. She's answering for her, for her in her promos and stuff, but Sasha clearly looks like more of a star, I think, even the way she dresses and the way she carries herself. 
as if Bailey's kind of holding her back. I don't know if that's intentional or if it just happens to be that no, Sasha just decided to wear an amazing outfit this week. Or that insight that you've just given to that and then you just totally done it by saying, or she just wanted to wear a nice outfit. <laughs> oh, but do you know I, mean? like, I don't know if I'm just I'm I'm just making that insight up and that's not a conscious decision anybody's made and it just happens to be that she showed up in a good outfit. But I don't know if she's maybe because I've noticed that Bailey's still just wearing like jeans and that, which is fine. Um, mm-hmm. But Sasha always looks mere done up, mere. Well, well on that, it's a character thing. On that, then, um, this that, this segment basically Bailey comes out and does her usual, which she's been doing for a few weeks, and really not letting Sasha get a word in with things and, and kind of overruling her every chance that she gets. Um, Charlotte was quite good in this one because she was. Kind of directing her questions to to Sasha. Charlotte was kind great of, here. She was, uh, sort of she was playing mind games away from. Totally, totally brilliant. Um, and she was basically saying to Sasha, "Are you happy being Bailey's bitch?" And an way, but as she was saying, and Bailey was like, "Oh no, you can't say that." Blah blah. But you could see Sasha was just kind of just kind of starting to turn a I, little bit. Sasha was doing quite good facial expression. She wasn't raging at Bailey, but you could tell she was getting annoyed that she couldn't speak. But mm-hmm. it was quite subtle. Um, the hang I really did like was um, Charlotte was complimenting Sasha instead of like, putting her down. She was saying, like, you're a six-time world champion, being you, like, the first woman in main event Raw, a world title match, blah, blah, blah. You've had all these great main event matches. You were the boss, you were this, you were that. You know, How come you're second place to Bailey? So she was she wasn't just putting anybody down. Cause that doesn't really help anybody putting somebody down. Mm-hmm. Even as a wrestler, it was that whole I read it in Mick Foley's book when he said if I say that I'm gonna beat this guy and this guy's shite, and then when I finally beat him, I beat somebody that's shite, so it doesn't look good. But if I talk about how good this person is, as I'm cutting a promo on them, that means that when I beat them, I've beat somebody that I've just said is really good. It makes me look better. See just one thing I want to pick up on there. Yeah. Did you just say that you've read a book? Well, a wrestling book. And it's Mick Foley's, but you know, it's not as if it's fucking some 1,000 page fucking Russian novel. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Mick Foley <laughs> telling know. stories. I, I like you a bit then. I've read that. Um, yeah, yeah, cunt. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cunt. You, you, <laughs> you've admitted to me on this very podcast, I believe, that you've never read a book in your life. Mm-hmm. So fucking wrap it. I've read at least all seven Harry Potter books. That's seven right there. Right? And I've read a couple of Mick Foley's books. That's about four. So I've, I've read at least ten books. You you are fucking cultured, mate. I am in awe. I am in awe. You can't see me right now, but I'm actually smoking a big cigar. Yeah. I've got one of those monocles in my eye. Yeah, a, a house coat on enough. One of these velvet house coats. Oh, velvet best of gear. Nice. Not bad, mate, not bad. Um, so I basically, the kind of seeds get planted then for Banks to turn on on Bailey, which I don't know when they're going to do it. I think they're probably going to just drag it out as long as they can until they can do it in front of a, a crowd. But, but Charlotte here was fucking amazing. She was just so good. She was golden just a wee bit, and I liked the wee touch at the end where they kept slacking at the start with the Ric Flair's daughter, then the two of them kept wooing. And then Charlotte just finished with his head and just went, whoa. Like a wee kind of quiet woo. It was just Aye. like a mic drop moment and just walked away. And that was her. 
done. This was a really good role because I had no idea why Charlotte was on SmackDown. Um, and then when Bailey and Sasha first came down to the ring, I thought, oh, they're just going to have these two argue. That's gonna, this is going to be shite. But they were both really, really good on the mic. Charlotte was great. Bailey was great. Bailey's really good on the mic. She's really improved recently. I remember when she first won her first world title, like four or five years ago, where she was still, you know, babyface, you know, I'm a hugger, Bailey. Um, and she was terrible at talking. Like a good wrestler, but her promos were terrible and her character was terrible. Um, I really think that she, more than anybody, apart from maybe Asuka, has totally like thrived in the empty arena. Mm-hmm. A promo game has been amazing. Or a reinteractions with Sasha and Michael Cole and stuff at the commentary desk have been really good. I don't I feel like I say this every week, but Bailey's probably the most improved wrestler. Or the most improved character um, since lockdown began. And another thing I noticed, I've wrote this down in my notes, and this isn't, but it's going to sound disrespectful, but it's not actually mean this is a compliment. Charlotte is a fucking tank. She's mm-hmm. built like a fucking tank. Obviously, she's very glamorous and beautiful and that, but like, so when you seen her standing beside Bailey and Sasha, and she's got big, broad shoulders, and that, I'm like, she's a fucking beast, by the way. She's a monster. Yeah, she's, built, a she's so athletic. Obviously, you see her being athletic in the ring, but you know, in wrestling, everybody looks athletic, you know. So, you sort of don't understand, but see, when Charlotte's standing in a dress or in a skirt and, and top, but you still like seeing muscles, and that you're like, she's like probably the most dominant or physically dominant woman. Um, that I've had. I know that there's bigger women like people like, um, Anaya Jax or, um, uh, that was her face, Tamina. Or people mm. like that, or like Awesome Kong over at um, AEW, but like in terms of just like pure athleticism, but like, what's, what's the word they like to say on commentary? Pound for pound. <laughs> I think yeah. pound for pound, she's probably the most like impressive athlete on the roster. Ah, she's she's outstanding, like she, she really is, and that's what I said at the start, when she was blowing smoke up her own arse, it's justified, everything she said is justified, because she she is a total winner. She is a, a unit. <laughs> she is, I like to go. She is a unit. I should be that. That's she... nickname, Charlotte Flair, the unit. The unit. She is, is, I mean, you're right, and she knows it. And the way she cuts those arrogant promos, everybody that's watching knows it, but they hate to admit it, and that's why they hate her. Yep. And to go back to uh, Mick Foley's book that I read, Mick Foley, no, Mick Foley said that um, Michael Hayes t- taught him something about being a heel and Michael Hayes said the best heels are the ones that believe the shite they're saying so even though like you hate what they're saying see if a heel's saying something that's right but they're being a smug prick about it that's the best type of heel mm-hmm. and that's why like, Chris Jericho's so good because Chris Jericho can and talk about how amazing he is and stuff but he'll be a pure arrogant bastard but when you're listening to him you're like you're no wrong mate <laughs> to be fair, he's no wrong. <laughs> That's the thing. Isn't it? Chris Jericho's never wrong. He's the greatest of all time. Exactly. Um, speaking of greatest of all times, um, not quite greatest of all time, but it's up there. Next match: Daniel Bryan against Drew Gulak. I reckon these guys could have a greatest of all time match at some point. The okay. matches that if the last two matches have had have been fucking outstanding, Ooh, and this but, one. Right. I agree with you, but we're skipping a few things. What? Um, after this, but right, well, so we're, we're skipping Braun Strowman. 
unnecessarily working out with, without his shirt on. Did you see this? I don't know. Then, why, do think, why do you think I skipped it? <laughs> I, I just wrote that. I just wrote, I literally wrote my notes drawn unnecessarily working out without a shirt. Um, and then I've wrote Forgotten Sons promo, something about America or some shit. I, so, I left that out as so. I wasn't watching this, but well, I was watching it, but I had it muted at this point because I was talking to Stephanie, my wife. Um, and like, it, was, it was on an ad break, it was on an advert, so I turned it down. I was talking to her about something. And I looked at the TV and I realised Smackdown was back on, I turned it back up. And then they were like, oh, we served our country, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, nah, mute. <laughs> but I thought, um, and then Renee Young had an interview segment with Miss and Morrison, and they basically just said, um, oh, this is stupid, and Braun's not going to be his partner, and he's going to, no, he's going to be a handicap match, basically. He's not going to be able to find anybody. And then they did the Miss and Morrison song that you love, um, and then they fucked off. So, Miss and Morrison, hey, hey, ho, ho. Miss and Morrison. Hey, hey. Oh, ah. mate, watch Watching, watch ah, mate. Yeah. So anyway, um, Brian versus Bjork. You can't hate that song. I mean, it's fine. But again, that would be good for a crowd, probably. But it's just awkward and they're just done beside Renee doing it, I, th- I found. It's awkward and you did it as well, because I hate it. You shut anyway, your face. Anyway, back to the next one. Um, Brian versus Gulak, right? So you said that these two have already had two amazing matches, um, which is absolutely right. Um, I thought that this match was was the best. Um, I know that the 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 one they had um, the pay per view, but pay per view was it? They had was it no was it over over the limit or no? No, over the limit. What the fuck's it called? This one before WrestleMania. Is it Elimination Chamber? Uh, one of the ones in, in between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. One of those ones. Is it, um, fucking, what's that paper you called that everybody always forgets about? I know, it's all Is that right? Okay, because I know there's Fastlane as well. Um, I saw that match there, nice. which was class. Um, but I thought this match, I just watched this tonight. So I just watched it literally like right before we started recording. So it's fresh in my memory. This. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, and I get why some people might find that a bit boring or whatever, but this, to me, is fucking exactly what fucking wrestling's all about, man. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of slow, map-based stuff, a lot of reversals, a lot of fucking amazing submissions and transitions, and I think about it, it's brilliant. This, to me, was Daniel Bryan at his fucking peak. Not like tonight, obviously, physically, he's not his best he's ever been. But when I was a pure V Mark, when I was an internet wrestling fucking virgin, um, and I used to watch um, Ring of Honor back in the day, in like 2005, 2006, you know, up to about 2008 or nine, whenever Daniel Bryan finally signed for WWE, um, I used to watch all these fucking matches in Ring of Honor um, against like Tyler Black or against um, Nigel McGuinness or whatever, or Lance Storm. To have matches exactly like this, and this to mm-hmm. me felt like like a Ring of Honor match, in or on SmackDown, which is dead bizarre to me, because even like people that were in Ring of Honor, like Samoa Joe and CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and fucking Seth Rollins and all those guys, when they went to WWE, they changed their style to. A, I'm using the air quotes here. You can't see me on a podcast, but a quote unquote like WWE style, which is like faster, you know, storytelling. They do a few dives and. They did the big moves and that's it, sort of thing. 
but this match was like so well built, like well paced. They took their time, they done their spots well. Drew Gulak, by the way, is fucking getting better every week. Aye. Um, I think we said this last time, but the night after our nation chamber, we done a show. We spoke about how much we liked Gulak, but um, he was great in this match as well. And Daniel Bryan was doing some stuff that I've not seen him do in years. Like, I see that, um, there's a, a moment in this match where um, he bounced off the ropes. Like, he was doing that um, thing where, like, Drew Gulak was hitting the ropes. Daniel Bryan had him, like, in a waist lock. And he bounced off the ropes and had a wee quick German suplex. Aye, can we snap suplex on it? Oh, it was like a snap German. It was fucking beautiful, man. It looked sore as fuck. Aye. Um, and some of the submissions he was doing um, were just class. See, what, Sorry. what I like about stuff like this, what I like about this type of match, and you know, it was it was funny because as much as we hate Corey Graves, right? He he said it on commentary when he was talking about it. He said people might think of this. He said, "Bag, it's such a kick for this type of match," and and he's, he's spot on because see if you and and like we do often, we watch wrestling all the time because we do podcasts. We probably analyze it a bit more than what normal wrestling fans would who would just normally watch it would kind of analyse the match itself and I just I notice every wee thing that the two of them do when they work with each other in terms of somebody will get somebody like a a, a kind of locks or something like that but then whatever the reversal is for it reverses into something else but it's perfect it's every Aye. spot it's just perfect you know one minute it's an armbar then it flips them over next thing the guys get the other guy in a, a leg lock or something like that and you're just like how the fuck did you manage to get from that point to that point, so so smoothly. Aye, fucking perfectly. It's, I don't think there was a single kind of missed spot or a botched move in this match at all. It was just perfect. Aye, it was great, and it was um just chemistry. That's what it is. Like they just when you get two people that work together that well, it's just chemistry. Um, Daniel Bryan used to have these matches all the time. No, back in the day where he was the best wrestler in the world, um, just before he signed for WWE, ironically. Um, and I just, just that, wait, there's a, a, I know this is a wee detail, and do you know what, I actually really liked Corey Graves on commentary for this match because you could tell that he was actually enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And he was, and he was doing something that WWE don't do anymore. In fact, I know for a fact that WWE commentators have been specifically told not to do this because Vince hates it for some reason. But they were calling the moves. Right, they were actually Joey Styles used to do it a lot, and then I think he got bothered for it because mm-hmm. I used to get yell at him. But like as they were doing locks, Joey Styles or whoever it was would like name the lock or say what he was doing, um, and Vince would be like, "No, damn it, tell the story." Blah blah blah. It's all about the fucking the story and the fans and pimping the fucking apps and pimping the WWE network and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But this was just like a wrestling match. We wrestled with the commentators just talking about the match. Um, so it was good. But there was a, a point in this match where um, Gulak got um, Daniel Bryan in like a side headlock. Pretty basic. But the way Daniel Bryan was getting out of it was he was picking Drew up and giving him a, a, a shin breaker. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing, trying to get to him. And, but Drew was still trying to hold on. Um, and then he sort of had to sit down, to sit down the headlock. But as he was sitting down and getting him in the headlock, you could see him shaking his leg, trying to get some feeling back into it and stuff. And I thought, that's fucking brilliant, by the way. That's a wee tiny detail. Mm-hmm. The fact is that he's he's like, he's like selling this injury because Daniel Bryan's been trying to use the leg to break up this submission hole, and then he finally does it and stuff. And there's a moment where he's been hitting him with the, the dragon 
Dragon Screw. Um, Wig take down the whole match. He's had that a couple of times. And Drew reverses it. So the next time Brian goes for it, he goes the opposite direction. Like pulls his fucking ankle back like the opposite direction. It's fucking Aye. Yeah. He's not ready for it and stuff Aye. like that. It's class. It's just it's just class. It's brilliant. Um it's the sort of thing that like William Regal used to do all the time. Mm-hmm. Um and he was wrestling in Johnny Saint and stuff, and it's the sort of stuff that like um if you watch Japanese wrestling, that's what Zach Xavier Jr. does all the time. Um I just like slow like methodical submission wrestling. And you don't see it enough, so when you actually do see it on WWE television, it looks weird. Because mm-hmm. you're like, hold on, this isn't a WWE match. Um, and it's, it stands out. And that's what wrestling's all about. Like, every match should be kind of different. But you've got your cruiserweights that can high flying and they all the jumping about, all that shit. You've got your two, you've got your big guys that your Braun Strowman, so just like smash cunts and like throw them about. And then you've got this sort of wrestling, which is my favourite. But everybody's different. But it's just uh, like. It's, it's good then. The thing was, I've I've said before, I wasn't like a internet watcher. I, did, I don't watch things like New Japan and stuff like that that often. I only really watch what's on telly, which I can get on a telly. Like I can never be bothered trying to find stuff to watch. But, but that's why whenever I see stuff like this, it's properly rare to me because I don't watch a lot of it and I don't watch enough yet. So when I see something like this, to me, it's like fucking next level. Aye, aye. It's class, and that's a good thing because then we see it's more of a treat. But um, I, if you want to like go back and watch like some of Brian Danielson's matches in Ring of Honor, like you'll not be disappointed because it's like this, but even better. Like um, and he'll go for like, an hour. Like some of these these matches were like fifty or sixty minutes long, mm-hmm. um, and it's like this sort of wrestling except with time. And had like some great ones, um, and there's another point I was going to make as well, um. What it was, um, I sorry. The, the point I was going to make is Brian wins the match, he wins by heel hook. Um, Drew, uh, Drew tap, so that's fine. Then Renee comes to the ring and Daniel Bryan cuts a promo after it, and that's a really, really good promo. And it wasn't when I was expecting that, I, ex- I assumed it would be one of these that generic sort of like, oh, good fight by Drew. I hope that I go on an extra round and win, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I basically just showed a lot of like fire and sort of fired up and he was just basically like I, I had to retire that title five years ago when I retired I was never beat for it and since I've come back you know a couple of years ago I've never had that opportunity to get it back so I want that title and I want to elevate it so and I want to defend it every single week so basically it's, I think this is the first time since The Miz that somebody's actually like looked as if they gave a fuck about the Intercontinental title because before it was just like no, the mid card belt, the one that's no the world title that nobody really cares about. But like, hopefully, if somebody like Daniel Bryan wins it, and actually like, they, they can build the title because he's a big mm-hmm. star. Obviously, he's one of the the biggest stars of all time. I would say, or one of the best, one of the most over wrestlers in the last decade at least. Um, he's big enough where he can make the title more important, or make it seem more important by defending it and by like. Wearing it with pride, sort of thing. But as no, you know what the IC titles like. It's the same as US title. They just throw it on a mid card guy. Like on the opposite end, you've got Andrade, who's class. Love Andrade, but like it doesn't really seem to be a prestigious champion. As if he cares about it, he's sort of like an afterthought. Do you know what I mean? He's de- it's definitely he's definitely forgettable as the champ. Like you could quite easily ask somebody 
who is the current US champ, and they wouldn't be able to tell you. They'd probably forget aye, or have to aye. properly properly think about it. Yeah, that's not that's not a reflection on him as a, as a wrestler. It's terrible booking and writing. So yeah. hopefully they've got a chance here to sort of redo this. Like, they can sit down and be like, right, we've got this IC title, it's a new belt, it's a fairly new looking belt. Um, we need to put it on somebody established, somebody like Daniel Bryan or somebody like um, AJ Styles. And have them go on a pure decent good run, right? Have class matches. Because that's what it used to be, like back in the day, it used to be called the Workhorse Belt because it was for... It was for the wait, it was for somebody like Mr. Perfect or Ricky Steamboat, you know, the the guys who were the stars of the show, like the one of the Hulk Hogan's Macho Man sort of thing. But they were considered the best wrestlers. So if you wanted to see a wrestling, you went to see the IC champion. If you wanted to see your your mega stars, you know, if you wanted to see you know, the top guys, your fucking Andre the Giants and that, then you'd wait in for the world title. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so hopefully they go back to that and they get to somebody like Daniel Bryan. Um, I think I, I think it's after the promo that he cut. I'd be very surprised if it's not him that wins us because it also then ties into Sami Zayn coming back and wanting it again. Aye, aye, and that could be. I mean, they, they had that match at WrestleMania, which wasn't great. Um, yeah. But again, I, think, I still don't think Sami is hundred percent fit. I'm not really sure what's happening there. So that could be a rematch or SummerSlam, except this time Daniel Bryan's a champion and Sami mm-hmm. Zayn wants his title back. I don't know. So we've got the brackets here. Um, so obviously Elias qualified earlier tonight and now Bryan's qualified. So we've got two matches next week. Um, it's uh, Nakamura. Sheamus. Aye, oh, sorry, Sheamus, Sheamus versus um, Jeff, Jeff Hardy. Hardy. Finally. I don't know why that didn't happen at Money in the Bank, but never mind. Um and then we've got Nakamura versus AJ Styles. So the winner of Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy will face Daniel Bryan. Uh-huh. I don't know who I want to win that match. See, it makes sense to have Sheamus and Bryan because they've got history um, together. But also, I don't think Daniel Bryan and Jeff Hardy have ever had a match before. So that could be interesting for a first time ever. I think what what's going to happen is... And I'm calling it already, a week in advance. I think Jeff Hardy is going to beat beat Sheamus, and then Sheamus is going to cost Jeff Hardy in the match with Daniel Bryan. That makes sense. I, I and then that we them having a, another match at Backlash. Yep. Um, so that'll be there's there's your storyline, and that'll put Daniel Bryan into the the title match as well. Aye, and I, I was assuming it'll be against AJ Styles. I think AJ Styles will beat Nakamura mm-hmm. for the simple reason of they've already had the title on Nakamura for a couple of months there, and it was a forgettable title then. Um, but was that the IC title or was that the US title? Remember? Uh, had... No, it was the US title, I think. It doesn't matter, it's the same thing. I love Nakamura, but I don't think they do. I don't think they've got a any hope with Nakamura. I think the no. best thing for him is to go somewhere else because he's not been used properly. And I think Vince is a big, big massive racist. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I think if he can't understand what somebody's saying, then he doesn't give a fuck. Um, I know Asuka's also like Japanese and can't understand her, but at least they've got the whole she just screams random shit in Japanese and Vince must love that. Um, whereas I just don't, I just don't see... A, a bright future for Nakamura, unless it goes back to NXT. 
Mm-hmm. Which I think that's, the, that's the only way that he'll be safe. But he won't. His contract will come to an end and he'll go. He'll go somewhere Aye. else. He'll Aye. go back to I So I see AJ winning that match and I see... Oh, I don't see Elias beating AJ Styles for fuck's sake. So I hope not. So AJ will beat Elias. So I'm, I'm presuming it'll be AJ versus Daniel Bryan for the IC title. Probably at Backlash, I would assume. Um, and they had a rivalry last year when it was like Daniel Bryan fucking save the earth guy. Um, they fought each other at the Royal Rumble. And I matched that as far as I remember, wasn't very good, weirdly, even though both of them are great. Yes. But I, I think couldn't even remember them having a match. I had a match. That was the match that um, Eric Rowan debuted in. Remember, he was with Daniel Bryan for a while. Aye. He came out to the ring um, and he battered AJ and Daniel Bryan won. But I think the reason that match wasn't very good is that it was technically fine, but I think it happened just after. Um, one of the Rumble matches, I think it was the Women's Rumble match where Becky won mm-hmm. and then I think the match came on right after it, I could be wrong here I could be totally wrong, I think also Finn Balor versus uh, Brock Lesnar happened either right before or right after it, so it was sort of stuck in the middle in a forgettable spot you know what I'm saying so Aye. the match was fine but I think the crowd were Sort of exhausted because I'd just seen a Royal Rumble match and just seen Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor, so it was sort of forgotten about. Aye, they'll probably be. I, I can imagine the match next time will be a, a lot better once you have it. Aye, I think so. Aye. Especially with the, the crowd situation as well. I reckon two of them would work quite well with no crowd. Aye, aye, absolutely. Um, I'd be fucking talented as fuck, so I'm aye. sure whatever, whatever happens, it'll be good. Aye. So up next we got a, a kind of brief um what do you call it? a kind of brief promo package with uh Sonia challenging Monday and Otis to a, a mixed tag next week. Great, great promo. Yeah, like, by the way. What the, right, this was class, by the way. And I don't nobody's talking about this, at least nobody, nobody that I can see on Twitter or whatever. This is probably Sonia's best promo. Um, and that's saying something because the one she cut a couple of weeks ago and Mandy was really good as well but um, I noticed two things about this promo one, Sonia was really good uh, and she said she had a really good line about like Mandy chose to go with Otis and she'll be regretting it in a couple of years time or she's um, sitting in a trailer park and popped out a couple of kids trying to pass Otis a beer or something um, putting meat on the I put meat on the grill aye, something like that which is quite funny um, and what else did she say? And, and she said, this is the thing that I liked it. She said, she said that I'm, I'm not finished for you because I told you that I was going to ruin your life and I intend to do that. And that's good because that actually gives the yeah, reason as why they're fighting again. Because mm-hmm. remember we said last week or two weeks ago when Sonia beat Mandy in a, a one-on-one match on SmackDown, we were like, is that the rivalry over? Is that it? Just done? But Sonia said that she's not going to finish until she's like destroyed Mandy. So beating her isn't good enough, she's going to have to like, take everything away from her. So at least here's that gives, a, gives here's a, a reason. Curveball. Here's a uh-huh. curveball. Do you think Sonia could be the hacker? I don't know. Possibly, but what what good is that going to do? Because the hacker, it's not the hacker that fucked Sonia in the first place by um, revealing that it was her that sent the decks to Dolph Ziggler. There's your, there's your twist. Um, maybe. 
I don't see where they go with that long term. It'd be quite surprising at first, but then I don't. It's possible. Um, I, I just don't see it. But another thing I did notice about this is um, the whole promo. Dolph Ziggler never said a word. Mm-hmm. This was that. This was supposed to be like Sonya and Dolph calling out Mandy Notice, but Sonya was the total star of the show. She got a great promo. Um, and Dolph just stood there. And in fairness to Dolph, I'm glad that he done that. He obviously knew that. She needs you know, this sort of moment to shine more than he does, so he just stood there and let her go, go um, which is quite good. Aye, yeah, um, but it also kind of plays into the him not really wanting to be a part of it thing. Just wants the bird, and that's it. Aye, he he just wants his hole. Aye, that's pretty much. We've it. all been there. We've all been there, mate. Aye, um, especially Mandy Rose. Um, so <laughs> Antonia, uh, Antonia, hi, but she's not her type. Um, she's her type. I we're not hard type. <laughs> um, up next, then you get the main event. You get the the shock tag team partner for Otis it was Braun Strowman. No way, Miz and Morrison looked shocked when, when this happened. Otis was fucking brilliant at this. So see when he came out and he started fucking humping the money in the bank briefcase, like just pure air humping it. Right, he's. Strowman's music. Here's the thing, right? I agree. This was brilliant. I loved all this, right? But I was watching this, as I said, with my wife. I said watching it, like, it was on and she wasn't paying attention. She was on her laptop or whatever, doing something on her phone and whatever the fuck. Because she doesn't like wrestling. She doesn't hate it, just doesn't care. Like, whenever it's on, she'll just be doing something else, which is fine. That's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, we just watched RuPaul's Drag Race before this. So when that's on, I'm usually not watching it. So it's like a give and take. She can watch her drag races and I'll watch my fucking wrestling. You can watch your um, drag race. Uh, that, drag race is low-key class as fuck, by the way. Watch not it. Interested, what not a interested. show, by the way. Like, I know that's what I thought. But you end up getting pure caught up in it. See, that way you're not watching a show. But you look up every now and then and I'll be like, who's he? What's the, what's the challenge? And she'll tell me the challenge and I'll be like, and I picked my favourite. See what you went. just said there. See that yeah. explanation you just gave me there? That okay. is the exact same explanation that I would give for somebody watching Love Island. And you would quite happily sit there and you would slag off Love Island, mate, but it's the same thing. You're not interested in it. You sit there and you watch it and before you know it, you're fucking hooked on it. So, uh, mate, this is an advert. This is now turned into an official advert for RuPaul's Drag Race. It's pure class, by the way. Like, it's not, it's shite. I can acknowledge that it's pure reality TV show garbage, right? But you'll watch it and you'll pick a favourite. You can't help yourself, your boy. I want a hearty win. I don't know why she just looks the best or, like, her outfit's coolest or she done best at that challenge. Do you know what I mean? And then before you know it, you're invested. And then when she doesn't win, you'll be like, fucking RuPaul, what are you doing? You picked the wrong one. And then you, that's that, you're hooked, mate. What's that? RuPaul's a disgrace. I know, I shocking. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is I was watching this with my wife and uh, she had never ever seen Otis before. This was her first exposure to Otis. So she's sort of looking at her phone and she looks up and all she sees is Otis fucking going, oh yeah, and doing like, a, like he's grinding thing where he's just swinging his dick a bit. This was, it wasn't like when he was up in the briefcase, this is when the match had started. So he's just doing it into thin air, just doing like the humping thing. She's like, who the fuck's that? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's uh, that's Otis. She's like, what? Who? 
bad fucking guy with a t-shirt that doesn't fit him humping the air. What the fuck am I watching? I'm like, oh, it's a long story. Aye, I'm like, it's wrestling. And she's like, this is the worst. I hate this. Um, so as this match goes on, and Otis is doing his oh yeah thing, obviously she doesn't get Otis or doesn't know the whole background. So she's kind of like, who the fuck's this? Who the fuck is this? <laughs> You're all, all aging. I'm like, ice class. You just don't understand. She's just like, how, why does he say shot no fit him? I'm like, because oh, he's fat. I'm like, and she's like, no, like, I get it, he's fat. She's like, we're all fat. But like, why doesn't his buy a t shirt fit him or take the t shirt off? Like, he's just wearing an inconvenient t shirt at this point. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, do you know what? I can't argue with you. Right, I fucking hate when they do that, mate. I hate when the birds say that because they're right. I, when they hit logic, when they're like, uh, they give them a pure logical thing, and you're like, it's wrestling, fucking shut up. Uh, I don't know why. Don't, don't bring fucking logic into the wrestling hen, right? Shut uh, it. So, anyway, this match has gone on, and it's a fine match, decent. You know, the match is what it is. It's a typical tag team main event on, a, on, on WWE television, but. um. I, she is just not having it at all. So my match, my viewing experience was ruined by a tutting wife. <laughs> Do we, every time something happens, you go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just totally get it there. Do you know she, but she wasn't wrong. I think she was tutting that or saying that was like, see that spot where like Braun and um, Otis were both doing the worm. She looked at me and she's like, this is wrestling. And it's one of those moments where like, you're kind of embarrassed to like the wrestling when you see but shit see, like that. See, the thing is, right, and this is what I would say to somebody in that, like, see if somebody picks that, that up, you know, if, if Steph's watching that, and the one the one time she watches wrestling, that's what she sees is two guys doing the worm. Naturally, if you don't watch wrestling, you're going to go, what the fuck is going on? But what she doesn't appreciate is the fact that you've sat for the last four months of your life getting fucking invested in Otis and his whole storyline, his whole persona, invested in him. Like one of your people after RuPaul's Drag Race, you get invested in the character. So if she gets wide again, mate, you just tell her, listen, you watch fake people on RuPaul's Drag Race, I watch fake people on the wrestling. I'm invested in the wrestling, you're invested in RuPaul's Drag Race. End of story. I'll say that to her. I'll cut a promo that, the next time she's, she's a, in. That? That's a promo I just cut on your wife, mate. I cut a promo uh, on your wife. And do you know what? See, when she wakes up and she comes downstairs tomorrow morning, I'm going to fucking repeat that back to her in my own words. Yep. And but like, listen, let me tell you something, brother. And I'll just fucking shoot in at the whole promo. <laughs> and then you'll hear a knock on your door and you open your door and be me just throwing my suitcase. Like, right, I'm loving with you uh, now, mate. I've been kicked out. I've been kicked out. <laughs> Then you walk in, got a promo on Danielle and a two-year get kicked out. Aye, that sounds about right, aye. Aye, sit in a motor, that'd be fine. <laughs> um, you can't turn my house anyway, mate, social distancing, not that shit. Um, You've had it though, haven't you? You've already had coronavirus, so I'm fine. I think I had it. I don't know for definite. I'm, I'm pretty sure I had it. I'm 99% sure that that's what I had, but it was before it was like a thing. I had, I had it before it was popular, mate. Oh, fucking, you had the hipster virus. I'm a hipster you had COVID-18? Aye, I had COVID-12, mate. Before it was cool. Aye, before everybody else. Um, match ends. Braun Strowman pins. Johnny Drip Drip. Um, bog standard. They're, they're celebrating. Mandy comes out to kind of interfere a wee bit. She she gets Braun Strowman's attention. 
and it cuts to it cuts to Otis basically putting the the briefcase down and kind of like dancing towards Braun Strowman as if he's going to put him, and Strowman just turns around and catches him. He's like, "Yeah, I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding." He goes for a wee knuckle knuckle punch, and then that's the end of it. Like I I thought they were going to tease it a bit better than that, but they never. I but uh, that's that's again goes back to two points that we've made in the show before, right? The first point being um, Braun Strowman as uh, this as this fucking baby face just isn't working. See when he's done that worm, we always mm-hmm. and then I was like, this is fucking hell, man. That's not a Braun Strowman thing to do. He shouldn't be doing that shit. Um, does not fit his character? Well, it does fit his character now, but like. Should they be his character? The guy's a monster. They should be doing the fucking worm. Like there's plenty of comedy guys like our truth or whoever they can do shit like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, nah, I know. And another thing, um, see when Otis pretended to cash in, and he's like, "I'm gonna kid him, does a fist bump." Braun Strowman's just to give up power slam anyway. Aye, just to as a champion, it. as a champion, he should be like, "It's my fucking title. If you want it, you're gonna have to take it." Even he can even still stay a baby face. He doesn't have to be healed to do that, but he can still send a message to the money in the bank guy, being like, hey, "We won our tag team match. We beat the Miz and Morrison, but the match is over now. Just you fucking mind your place. Mind that I'm the champion." Uh, <laughs> that would have been that, cool. That, that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought something like that was going to happen, and I didn't. He just kind of laughed and celebrated, and then left. And oh. you were like, "Right, okay, was that was, was that it then? You're not going to." I, no, I, I was shocked. I thought for sure we were going to see something to do with the feeding. I thought a Bray Wyatt Firefly Fun House or something would come up, but no, the show just finishes with Otis and Mandy celebrating and um, Showman, I don't know, fucks off up the ramp or something. And that's it. End of show. Yep. And on that note, that's us at the end of SmackDown. Um, decent show this week. I thought it was, it was a, st- a standard show. Um, aye, um, I'm going to bring back a segment that we forgot to do. I'm going to bring back bring back a dead segment and, and fucking breathe new life into it. Um, Ryan's top three moments. Remember this? Oh, right, okay, yep. Right, so moment number one is obviously Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak, um, because um, it was class, and if you like wrestling at all, this match was definitely for you. Um, moment number two. For me, is um, what's up with name Sonia's um, promo? Um, talking about the match next week because I thought that this rivalry was over, but in one, I don't know, one minute, two minute promo, like she's got me interested again. Um, and I really see big things for Sonia. I think if they build her right and push her right, she could be the person that takes the title off Bailey. Um, if that's where they want to go with it, um, obviously Bailey's doing the thing with Sasha, but. You know, I would like to see Bailey versus Sonia and maybe at SummerSlam if they build it correctly. Um, so that's my number two moment and my... Oh, sorry, that was... Aye, my number two moment. So my number three moment, or number one, I forget if I'm going in ascending or descending order. Do you remember? <laughs> uh, you started off with number one. Right, okay. So number three uh, was the, the interaction between Charlotte Flair and Bailey. I thought both of them were really good on the mic. I thought Charlotte done a good job of getting in their heads, and I think Charlotte's just such a natural heel. She's just good at being an arrogant bastard. She knows that people hate her, and she uses it in her promos to make people hate her even more, 
which as a heel, that's the goal, to be as hated as possible, so she's doing a good, a good job. So, aye, it's weird actually. Um, no, actually, sorry, never mind. I thought, I thought I'd um, only use two, but I'd already used three. I've just seen it. Like, I, I've already used three. Sorry, it's at the time of recording right now, it's 20 past midnight, and I am fucked. I'm running on fumes, so <laughs> it could be for the last um, hour and a bit. We've been talking nothing but shite. But do you know what? See, us at our worst is better than the Raw Report could ever be at its best. Exactly, mate. And on that note, we're going to round off the show. We will be back next week. Um, for Smackdown, we'll get it next Saturday and we'll review Smackdown on the 22nd of May but for now, it's Ryan out, other Ryan out and fuck it all report yeah, it's fucking <laughs> <laughs>